This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Try to picture this. You decided you're going to take your family to the movies. You're going to go out and eat. And you, you, you have a, a children's movie you want to take your children to, and you're all excited about it. It's in the week, and you want to spend some family time together. So everyone is trying to get ready to go. And you look at your watch, you know what time the movie starts. You don't have a lot of time, and the children aren't quite dressed. They're not ready. So you are pacing back and forth, and you finally go into their bedroom and say, Are you ready yet? I have an idea some of you have asked questions like, I know I have of children as well as grandchildren. Are you ready yet? Well, some people are not ready yet. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about their eternity. But today I want us to talk about this statement, I am ready. I am ready. Stay tuned. Now today we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course and I emphasize the course is free. All you have to do is just pick up the telephone and call for it that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive the course. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read out of the first chapter of Romans, verse 14 through verse 16, where Paul wrote, I am a debtor both to the Greek and to the barbarian, to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Are you ready? Paul said, I, three times Paul used that expression, I am ready. You know, Paul was a man of purpose. Paul knew what he was about. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew where he was going. And Paul said, I am ready. I want us to think about those three statements that Paul made in re where he talked about being ready. And in verse 14, Paul said, I am, I am a debtor. I am a debtor. I am a debtor. All of us are debtors. We owe so much to so many people. I'm a debtor to God. I wouldn't have anything without God, nor would you. James 1.17 says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Everything that we have, everything that we ever hope to have, comes from God. People like to think that they're self-sufficient. There's no person self-sufficient. God gives it all. 
He gives all life and breath in all things. In Acts chapter 17 again, Paul said, In Him we live and we move and we have our being. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15, Paul there declared, Thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. Think about what God has done. We, are, we owe God so much. We're debtors to our families. I owe so much to my parents now with the Lord. When I think back of our family and the way that I was reared, I owe so much to them. I can tell you a question that was never asked on Sunday at our house. Are we going to worship? Because it was understood that we were going to worship because it was the Lord's day. And I owe so much to my parents for the way that they reared me. I'm thankful that I had a Christian father and that I had a Christian mother. Oh, how much I owe them for that, re- for that rearing and that background. We, we owe so much to our, our spouses. Oh, I, if it were not for a good wife, I, I'd not be able to preach the gospel. She has stood by me through thick and thin, through the good times as well as the bad times. We've laughed together. We've rejoiced together. We've cried together. You see, I owe so much to her. I owe so much to this nation. It was John Kennedy who said, Say not what can the country do for you, but what you can do for the country. I owe so much to this nation. We live in a land of the free, the home of the brave. We live in a nation where we have the freedom to worship God, and we need to be praying every day that God would work in the hearts of our leaders so that we will always have that freedom. We owe so much to this nation. Every time I see the American flag, I am reminded of all of those who shed their lives, shed their blood on foreign fields to make it possible for me to live in America and to have my freedom. I feel a debt to those people, and I'm indebted to our country. We need to do everything we can to make this a better world in which to live. You see, a better world begins with me. And that doesn't mean that a better world begins when other people are doing for me. A better world begins when I'm doing for other people. So we are debtors. We owe so much to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary, shed His blood upon that cross, in order that you and I might be saved from our sins. So you see, we are debtors. Paul said, I am a debtor. And then secondly, Paul said, I'm ready. I'm ready to preach the gospel. At all times and under all circumstances, we should be ready to preach the gospel. We should be ready to preach the gospel during times of trial, and temptation. We should be ready to preach the gospel when it's easy to preach the gospel. You see, it's an easy thing for me to stand and and preach the gospel on a television program because there's no one here to tell me you can't do it, Brother Lambert. You see, this is an easy thing. But I'm ready to preach the gospel to those of you that are watching right now. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, Paul told Timothy, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come 
when men will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and shall be turned from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. And there's never been a time in the history of America. As for that matter, there's never been a time in the history of this whole planet that the preaching of the Word of God was more needed than it is today. So many people have their itching ears and they've turned their ears away from the truth and they've turned their ears unto fables or things that are not true. Well, in Romans, the first chapter in verse 18, Paul said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And that word hold simply means to suppress. You see, there are those that suppress the truth. They reject the truth. And God's wrath is heaped upon those who reject His truth. And that's one of the reasons that we need to be preaching the Word of God today. I realize that I'm not... I do not have the responsibility to preach philosophy. No, no, Jesus said, go preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. And that's the good news about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 4. And so I'm to preach the gospel. I'm not to go out and to preach current events. Now, you might use current events to make a point in a sermon, but my responsibility is not to preach current events. I'm to preach the gospel. It's my responsibility not to preach a social gospel. It's not my responsibility to preach things that make people always feel good. Sometimes the gospel doesn't make us feel good. And we can't feel good until we're right with God. Suppose you go to the doctor and the doctor examines you and you say, well, brother, doctor, I've, I've not been feeling well, and, and, and I've been hurting in a certain place in my body. And he examines you, and he takes x-rays, he does all kinds of tests, and he says, you've got a tumor. You're not going to feel better till you get rid of the tumor. And you see, if we got a spiritual tumor growing in our souls, we're not really going to feel good till we get the tumor out. Isaiah 58 and 1, Isaiah said, cry aloud and spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions in the house of Jacob, their sins. And what men who claim to be preachers today ought to be doing is lifting up their voices, crying like a trumpet, and exposing sin for what it really is, and then showing the biblical cure for sin. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience to Him. So I'm ready to preach the gospel. I'm ready to preach the gospel. I'm not here to preach myself. I, I don't have anything to preach about myself. This is not about the preacher. It's about Jesus and Him crucified. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2 said, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You see, it's about Jesus and it's about people who need to know about Jesus. Philip came to the chariot side of the man from Ethiopia and he opened his mouth and he preached unto him Jesus. Why didn't he preach to him about Moses? He preached to him Jesus. Why did he preach Jesus? Because Jesus is the Savior of mankind. And if there's one thing that people all over the world need today, it's to know that Jesus loves them and that Jesus is their Savior. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby 
you must be saved. Why do we need to be preaching today? Why should Paul, why did Paul say, I am ready to preach the gospel? One reason is because the world is in such a lost state today. I have talked to so many people recently, and I have listened to people on the television and, and, and even on the radio, and we read it even in the newspaper. And people today are somewhat despairing because of the moral decay and decline in our world. One man who was a military man said just recently, our world is on fire and I'm scared. Well, you see, I'm not scared because of God and God is in control. And as a Christian, I need to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and be preaching Jesus to a world that is on a collision course into eternity. Jesus is the answer. He is the answer to the sin problem in this world today. The answer to the sin problem, folks, is not technology. Oh, no. We have more technology today than any other generation has ever had. And yet we're more confused than we've ever been. The answer to the dilemma in our world today is not political. Let me tell you, it's not politics. Politics, is, it just seems it gets more confused and, and, and warped and twisted all the time. It's not politics. And the cure for the ills of our world is not in military power, military might. You know, over in the book of Psalms, in Psalms 20 and verse 7, David said, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust in the Lord our God. You see, the answer is not in military strength. Should a, should a nation be militarily strong? I think so. But that's not where the real answer is. The real answer is in the Lord Jesus Christ and putting our faith and our trust in God and in His Son. What would happen? How would you really feel about this? If you were to get up tomorrow and you see a headline in the newspaper... And the news people come on the television. Every one of the channels, all of the cable networks are saying the same thing. There is a spiritual revival sweeping the world as multiplied millions of people are turning to God and turning to Christ and reading and studying and obeying their Bibles. You say... Brother Lambert, you're living in a dream world because that's never going to happen. But I can tell you one thing, that if, if every person who believes in God and believes in Jesus and believes that it, Jesus is the Savior of the world and believes that the Word of God is that by which we're to live and to die by the promises of that book because one day we shall be judged by that book, then we'll do everything we can to reach people with the gospel. And I could only wish that my brethren in churches of Christ throughout our land would stand up and we become an evangelistic force in this nation that could change the moral and the spiritual climate and temperature of, our in, of the entire nation of America. We need to preach it today. Preach Christ as never before. And we need to preach the Word of God. And one reason we need to be ready to preach is because people are not capable of directing their own way. Now, we've tried that, and, 
and it's not working, is it? We've tried it. It's just not working. It's, it's a failure. You see, we've tried going our own path, our own way, our own schemes. And it was Jeremiah who said, Oh, Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. If you're trying to do it on your own, may I urge you to heed the words of Solomon in Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. You see, we need God in our lives. On our coins and in our, on our paper money, we have an expression, in God we trust. Do, do we really trust God in America anymore? Oh, we need to preach today because our world needs to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can tell you one thing, from a personal point of view, I need to preach to save my soul. For Billy to save his soul, I need to be a preacher. You say, you mean you don't think you could go to heaven without preaching, Brother Lambert? I can't. I believe God wants me to preach. Paul said, God forbid that I should uh, the, the, the preach anything other than the gospel. He said, I'm determined to know nothing among save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We're to preach to save our own souls. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul, Paul wrote this to Timothy. And he said, Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, to thy doctrine. Continue in them, because in doing that you'll save your soul and those that hear you. You see, by preaching, not only am I going to help save other people's souls, that is by telling them what they should do to be saved. Jesus is the Savior, and I am just to tell them what the Bible teaches to do to be saved. But in, in, in instructing other people, I'm going to also save my own soul. On the day of Pentecost, Peter said, Save yourselves from this untoward generation, this crooked generation, this warped generation, this sinful generation. And we need to cry today as never before, Save yourselves, save yourselves, and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's notice what Paul has written. Paul said, First of all, I am a debtor. Paul was a debtor, a debtor to God, debtor to Christ. We're even debtors to the Holy Spirit. Did you realize that? Without this book, we, without this book, we would not know what to do to be saved. And we have the book because it's given by inspiration of God through the Holy Spirit. So we're debtors. And Paul said, I'm ready to preach. But notice the third thing that Paul said. I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. I am certain that there are some things of which you ought to be ashamed. But sometimes people are not ashamed of some of the things they do. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not ashamed. Neither could they blush, Jeremiah 6.15. It is a sad state of affairs when people become so hardened 
that they're not ashamed when they do wrong. But there are things of which we ought to be ashamed. We ought to be ashamed when we tell lies. That's a fashionable thing to, today to lie. But I realize that lies fend God. They offend God to the point the Bible says in Revelation 21 and verse 8 that all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire. And so it's an offense to God. I ought to be ashamed when I become a negligent person. That is, negligent of my responsibility to God. The question is asked in the second chapter of Hebrews in verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation. There's not an escape if we neglect so great a salvation. I ought to be ashamed when I become careless and indifferent. That was the thing that was wrong with the church at Laodicea. They were just indifferent. They were not hot. They were not cold. They were just lukewarm. And, and there was not one commendable thing that the Lord had to say about the church at Laodicea. They were just lukewarm. I ought to be ashamed of that. If I've gotten myself like that, I ought to be ashamed. But at no time should I ever be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I should never be ashamed of it. I ought to be afraid to be ashamed and ashamed to be afraid of the gospel. We ought not to be ashamed of the power there is in this gospel. The Bible says it's the power of God unto salvation. Not everybody believes that. Oh, no. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, listen to what Paul wrote. Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of non-effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. You see, preaching about Jesus to some people is just a very silly thing. It's foolish to them. But you see, I'm ready to preach the gospel, and I am not ashamed of what I preach on getting to know your Bible. We should not be ashamed of the gospel. We should not be ashamed of the Christ of the gospel. Are you ashamed of Jesus? Would you stand up for Jesus today? Will you stand up for Jesus today? Stand up for His identity, that He is the living Word, a Son of the living God. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16, Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Will you stand up for Jesus as being God's Son? Will you stand up today for the church for which Jesus shed His blood upon the cross of Calvary? Peter was addressing the Ephesian elders and he told them, Take heed unto yourselves and, and all of the flock over the which the Holy Spirit hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which hath purchased with his own blood. Are you ashamed of the church? Are you ashamed of the, of the, to, to be identified with the church of Christ? Are you ashamed? We ought not to ever be ashamed of anything that's connected with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you ashamed of the simplicity of the gospel? You see, the, the gospel is so simple. It is so simple. We should never be ashamed of it. And let me give you some reasons that we ought not to ever, ever, ever be ashamed of the gospel because it's glorious. This is a glorious gospel. It is a worldwide gospel. 
It's not just for a certain geographical location. It's, all, it's to go into all the world. Jesus said, go into all of the world and preach the gospel. Well, to how many people, Jesus? To every creature. Until every person on earth has heard about the sweet story of Jesus and what they must do to be saved in obedience to the gospel, then our task has not yet been finished. And then we should never be ashamed of the gospel because of the powerful effect of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. So someone says, well, Brother Lambert, suppose that we're going to be persecuted because we believe the gospel. Well, I think of what Peter wrote in 1 Peter 4.16. If any man suffer as a Christian, let, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. And never be ashamed to obey the gospel. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And in order to obey that gospel, we believe on Jesus, we repent of our sins, confess our faith in Christ, we are to be baptized for the remission of those sins. In 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, Paul said, I'm, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which also you have received, wherein you stand, by which you're saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, lest you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that He was buried, that He arose again the third day according to the Scripture. Now, those are just facts about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. And it is when we obey a likeness of those facts that we obey the gospel. And in Romans, this sixth chapter, verse 3 and 4, Paul said, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Just like Jesus Christ was buried in that tomb, we're buried with Jesus in the watery grave of baptism, and in that so doing we're baptized into His death, we shed His blood, and we arise to walk in the newness of life. Would you obey the gospel? If we can help you, please call, please write us, let us know that we can help you. Now in the closing moments, I want to give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. Also, right now, pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible Correspondence Course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.org. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ 
If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. Be